see what thus saith the Lord. I have a message today from the Lord. I have a message from the Lord, something the Lord wants us to talk about. Been in our heart, and the Lord kind of moved in our spirit throughout the week as we prayed, thought about this particular text. And so, uh, as the old folks will say, those of y'all that know the words of prayer, pray with us. But even if you don't pray, I'm going to preach anyhow. Because the Lord of hosts is with us. And the God of Jacob is our refuge. The gospel according to Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read verses 13 and 14. Into your hearing. Matthew. Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 7. I want to read verses 13 and 14. These words are recorded being spoken by our Lord. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Let the church say amen. I want you to turn to your neighbor, grab that person by the hand and say, neighbor, it's tight, but it's right. Turn to somebody else and grab them and say, neighbor, it's tight, but it's right. Our text leads us to examine a piece of what is known as Jesus's sermon on the mount and, and, and let me say this you all are going to need your bibles today because I want you to see some scriptures so you can read them and not just think I'm making things up turn to the fifth chapter of Matthew this portion of scripture is commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Mount and it's because of what we read in Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 and seeing the multitudes he that is Jesus went up into a what to a mountain and when he was set his disciples came unto him and he opened his mouth and taught them Praise the Lord. And so Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7 are all a part of what we commonly call Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and here we find some of the earliest teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ as he began his earthly ministry. In this sermon, Jesus used a favorite teaching style of his to clearly communicate his points to his listeners and in many of the teachings of our Lord Jesus used analogical language 
in a logical language to draw parallels between natural things and spiritual things. Draws parallels. He juxtaposes the natural to the spiritual. And in our text, he sets up a very vivid picture in verses 13 and 14 of Matthew 7 of two gates and two ways that lead to two destinations. Praise the Lord. Now, these two gates, these two ways, two destinations are to be likened unto life in general and the paths that a person can travel to get to eternal destinations because everybody in here is on their way to one of two places in eternity. Praise the Lord. You are not going to die and come back here as a moth. You are not going to die and come back here as a cow or some other kind of animal to try to redo life until you reach some high state of nirvana. That is not what the Bible teaches. That might be what the Buddhists teach, but that's not what the Bible teaches. And the scripture says that every man be a liar, but let God be true. And so I choose to stand on the truth of God's word. Praise the Lord. So Jesus sets up here a strong contrast between these two gates and these two ways, making their differences clear. This scripture, when I read it, brought to mind a poem by uh, the American poet Robert Frost. It's called uh, uh, The Road Less Traveled. And, and, and here, Frost presents to us a speaker uh, that comes to a fork in the road, in, in a wood, in a forest, and he has to make a decision on which way to take. And, and the difference that I found as I thought about this poem and, and the difference I found between the poem and what we have here is that we don't have to wonder about which way to take, like that speaker in, in Frost's poem, because Jesus plainly tells us what path to take. Look at verse number 13. He opens up with it. He says plainly, enter ye in at the straight gate. Let us say amen. amen. Now, now this point cannot be overlooked. Jesus doesn't ask us whether or not we should enter into that gate. He doesn't even present it to us as an option. He tells us what to do. Mm -hmm. Tell your neighbor, he tells us what to do. Mm -hmm. Now, now, this unfortunately, this is where we begin to lose some people in our society. It's where they begin to get rubbed the wrong way. Because people don't mind having options. And they don't mind being given choices because when you're given a choice and an option, you have and you retain a certain level of autonomy. You can make your own choice. But there's something about this fallen human nature this old sinful nature that doesn't like to be told what to do doesn't like to be commanded yeah something kind of kind of starts moving in your stomach you start sweating a little bit you got to get a little fidgety amen when you're told and commanded what to do but i'm here to let you know that if you don't learn how to submit 
to authority, you will be without protection and you will lead to destruction. The Bible says there is a way. I'm in Proverbs 14 and 12, I believe it is, and 16 and 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Amen. You can trust in your own natural mind to lead and guide you in these paths to eternal destinations, but you're going to end up in the wrong place every time. You say, why is that? The reason why that is, is because you got a bad internal compass called your unregenerated heart. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Is that still in the Bible? Jeremiah 79, what that lets me know is that the heart will lead you down the wrong path on purpose uh-huh it's even worse than the devil himself your own heart yes what is in you what is in me when we're born into the world sinners it's worse than the devil himself and i'm gonna tell you why because the devil can't force you to sin yeah, he can't do that to you. He can't tie you down and make you sin. All he can do is throw allurements and suggestions that you go contrary to the word of God. But at the end of the day, you make your own decision based on what you acquiesce to do. Praise our God. And so what we need to acknowledge here is that Jesus doesn't want to leave this up to our own minds. He doesn't want to give us any option here because he understood the spiritual gravity of the matter. And so he tells us, enter in at the straight gate. And whether we want to talk about this or not or discuss this or not really doesn't make a difference because when the creator of the universe and the creator of you and me is speaking, we would do well to listen to God's word. And so again, he commands us enter in at the straight gate. Now, it is necessary for us to define the word straight in this particular text of scripture if you look again back at verse 13 you'll see the spelling there s-t-a-s-t-r-a-i-t now this does not mean what we uh, think it to mean as spelled s-t-r-a-i-g-h-t meaning linear and without variation we're not talking about that here because the spelling is different and so it's a different word. And so this word straight means narrow. In other words, it means there's not a lot of wiggle room in the straight gate nor on the narrow way. Let the church say amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor there's not a lot of wiggle room here. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus contrasts this concept of the straight gate with what he called the wide gate. Now let's pause here to make sure we understand what Jesus is saying. He used this picture of gates and likened them unto doors. That's really what he was talking about. And just as anyone, amen, walks through a door to continue on to a way into their destination, so Jesus likens the way to eternal destinations as first having a door that one must go through. Are you praying with me here? 
Jesus said, one of these doors is wide. Uh-huh. You can walk through it, amen, side by side if you want to, and don't have to worry about being crunched, amen, or being cramped. Praise the Lord. You can go, amen, side by side. There's plenty room in the wide gate. There's plenty room to go through the wide door. And, and here's something you have to understand about this, this wide door. Praise the Lord. You, you, when you go through there, you can have on you whatever you desire to have on. You can take through that door whatever you desire to take through it. And in essence, you don't have to make any changes. Let the church say amen. Now, now, I don't know about you, but in our natural mind, that sounds very nice. It sounds very easygoing, very sensible, very convenient, praise the Lord, to be able to just go on and keep on getting up as we were, not have to make any adjustments, not have to make any changes, don't have to do anything differently, but can just continue on the way we are going. But it is interesting that the Lord contrasts that wide door again with the door he tells us to take, which is the narrow door. And when you come through the narrow door, it is inherent that changes need to happen. Oh, praise our God. There's a certain conformation, a conforming that takes place, amen, for one that wants to get through the narrow door. You just can't come in there or go through there, I should say, the way you came in. There might need to be some adjusting. There might need to be some, some uh, contortion or some twisting, amen, moving around a bit, amen, to do whatever's necessary to get through the narrow door. Let the church say amen. And again, here in analogical language, amen, Jesus is telling us to take that door. And what he's instructing us to do is to take the narrow door because it is the way of eternal salvation. Come on and say amen. Amen. Y'all bear with me here. I'm, I'm not going to jump too much right now because I want you to understand the text. This is the door. The narrow door is the door to eternal salvation. And if someone truly wants to go to heaven, they must come through the narrow door. Uh-huh, I'm going to say that again. If you really want to go to heaven, you've got to go through the narrow door. Let the church say amen. And Jesus made this plain. You still got your Bible? Turn with me to the gospel according to John chapter number 10. I want to read some verses here until you're hearing because Jesus is setting up this analogical picture for us of a door, but he plainly states who that door is in the gospel according to John, amen, chapter 10. Let's begin reading at the seventh verse. The Bible says, Jesus then said unto them again, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, I am the door 
of the sheep. All, I'm in verse 8, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Again, verse 9, he plainly speaks, I am the door. By me, if any enter in, he shall be what? He shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Let the church say amen. And so what we plainly see here is that the only way to get to the destination of living with Jesus Christ in heaven forever is to come through him. Tell your neighbor, he's the door. Praise our God. You, you can't go over him because he's too big. You can't go under him because he's too deep. You can't go around him because he's too wide. The only way you can get to him is to go through him. That's why Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming unto the Father but by me. In other words, nobody's getting to heaven unless they come through my doctrine nobody's getting to heaven unless you adhere to my teachings praise our God and again this rubs folk the wrong way because people like to have autonomy they like to have decisions and want to weigh this against that but what Jesus is telling us here is that the eternality of your soul is too much to play with because you only got one soul and you only got one shot to make it into heaven. The Bible says in Hebrews 9 and 27, it is appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. Amen. And so this life that we live here is very much temporal and very much should be spent making ourselves ready, preparing ourselves, getting ourselves in a proper position whereby when we breathe our last breath, praise the Lord, we can lift up our eyes in peace and not lift up our eyes in torment praise the Lord because at the end of the day according to what Jesus said those are the only two destinations you can go to there is no purgatory there is no limbo there is no waiting period after you glory. after you die once you breathe that last breath and your eyes close the next place they open Open up is the place you're going to be in forever. That's why the Bible said that him that is holy be holy still and him that is filthy be filthy still and whatever state spiritually you die in that's the state you're going to be in forever. That's why we don't believe a doctrine of eternal security and eternal salvation. That's not in the Bible. Amen. God said in Ezekiel 18 all souls are mine. The soul of the father is mine. The soul of the son is mine and the soul that sinneth it shall 
die. Come on and say amen. Jesus said amen. Amen as speaking through the voice of God in the Old Testament. God said in Ezekiel 18, if you got somebody who was a sinner, amen, living their life doing things contrary to my word, and somewhere along the line, they, they heed the voice of my word and they turn around from their sin. They repent, praise the Lord, from their sin and they begin to walk in righteousness. If they die in that righteousness, I don't remember their sin anymore. I, I wash it away. I take it away. I remove it from their record, praise the Lord. And, and, and I judge them as righteous because they believed on me. Conversely, if you got somebody, amen, that walked uprightly before God, but somewhere along the line, they lost their mind. Somewhere along the line, they determined they don't want to do this anymore. They don't want to walk this way anymore. They don't want to obey God anymore. And they began to file, uh, fulfill and gratify their flesh and do what they want to do. Amen. Walk away from the Lord. God said, if you die in that state, I don't remember all of your righteousness. Just like the sinner no longer has the sin remembered when they come to God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God's ways are equal. Amen. That's what Israel had a problem with back then. They said, Lord, your ways aren't equal. God said, my ways are equal. If you do right, amen. He told Cain way back in the beginning, if you do well, you'll be accepted. But if not, sin lieth at the door. Amen. That's why every day, saints and friends, we ought to be searching ourselves and making sure that there's nothing in us. Amen. That will cause us to miss out on it heaven because again you only get one opportunity to make it and you can sit here amen thinking everything is all right but if you're in sin right now doesn't matter how well you sing uh -huh. come on preacher help me doesn't matter how well you dress don't matter you show up the church on a Sunday morning if you haven't been born again of the water and of the spirit the Bible says you cannot enter into the kingdom of God you got to be right with God in your heart thank you thank you thank you thank you Jesus said blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God can't have a lot of mess in your heart can't have lying in your heart can't have foolishness in your heart even from a child that's why the Bible says we got to raise these kids up in the fear and admonition of God because foolishness is bound in the heart of a child and if you don't get it out then they grow up to be a terror to good works they and every day we ought to say search me oh God and know my heart try me Lord and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting we ought to cry out with David purge me with hyssop ah, come on now and I shall be clean wash me and I shall be whiter than snow the Bible says examine yourself and see whether you be in the faith. Ain't no time for playing games, y'all. 
and when the Bible lets me know that Jesus is soon to come we heard about the tragedies not only in El Paso Texas but in Dayton Ohio almost 30 people uh, now they were here yesterday and they're not here today and because violence is running rampant in the land the Bible said that there would be wars and rumors of wars in these last days there would be famine there would be pestilence there would be earthquakes in diverse places can't you see that all these things are happening right now and, and ain't no time to fool around and, and going back and forth wondering whether you want to be saved or not amen the bible said now is the acceptable time amen we ought to be in the mode of redeeming the time because the days are now evil god said i'm angry with the wicked every day but when i look at my sons and daughters i don't think thoughts of evil i think thoughts of peace who is on the lord's side you ought to say I want to be on the Lord's side anybody in here on the Lord's side anybody in here willing to deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow Jesus anybody willing amen to tell your flesh no come on come on come on come on anybody willing to tell your flesh no when your flesh wants to do something contrary to the word of God you ought to rise up and say no flesh we ain't going do that and if you push me too hard I'll start fasting right now I put my plate down I hang my cup up I shut my television and entertainment off I'll lay on my face until my flesh is brought under subjection Paul was a mighty man of God and yet he said I get a hold of my flesh I buffet it I bring it under subjection lest after I preach to others I myself should be a castaway it's time now to make our calling and election sure come on and say amen oh thank you Lord Jesus made it plain I am the door you ain't getting to heaven through Muhammad and Islam it ain't gonna happen you ain't getting to heaven through amen the black Israelites it ain't gonna happen you ain't getting to heaven through the Jehovah's Witnesses it ain't gonna happen Jesus said I am the door he made it definitive he didn't leave any other option or any other way to go and so even though it's tight it is right let the church say amen amen Jesus said come through me amen didn't that when he said in Matthew 11 he said take my yoke take your yoke upon you learn of me I'm weak meek and lowly and hard meek and lowly and hard you'll find rest for your souls if you come unto me all ye that labor why are we laboring we're laboring because we're born in sin turn to your neighbor and say neighbor sin is hard work amen how do you know that preacher well the bible says in Romans 6 23 for the wages of sin is death yes it's still in the bible and yes we're still preaching it the wages the payment that you get for sin is death praise the lord amen and so we need to divorce we need to quit that job of sin praise our god and come unto Jesus and Jesus said if you come through me the only way you can do it is to be born 
again. Tell your neighbor, you've got to be born again. Amen. Jesus made this clear. If you can get there quickly enough in John chapter 3, amen, beginning at the third verse. Amen. Jesus made this abundantly clear. And again, he doesn't want to leave anything up to our own imagination. He don't want people standing before him at the last day and saying, well, I was confused. I didn't really understand what you meant. He don't want people sitting up there and saying, well, I really didn't interpret what you said. Jesus is being abundantly clear. And he said, if you want to be, amen, with me in eternity, you must be born again. Look at verse 3 of John gospel chapter 3. Jesus answered this Pharisee that came to see him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now you tell me if there's any ambiguity in the statement of our Lord. I find that to be abundantly clear. Jesus said except. That means that he took away all other exceptions. He said except you do this, you cannot what? See the kingdom of God. Look at verse 5. Gives us more detail. Just in case you may be a little befuddled. Jesus said truly truly I say unto thee except a man that means women also be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God let the church say amen and I'll do you a favor I'll just point in that direction you can read that poster right there because when Jesus said be born of the water and born of the spirit it was made plain to us exactly what he meant in Acts 2 and 38 when you repent the Bible lets us know you need to be baptized you need to be baptized in water and you need to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost Peter said I amen repent and be baptized every one of you that don't leave anybody out in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost tell your neighbor that's how you get through the door Mm, thank you Jesus we just talking about these doors I'm gonna get to these ways in a minute amen I'll be done as soon as I'm finished him I'll be done as soon as I'm finished amen come on now 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 listen we got to understand this amen Jesus telling us what to do amen but but you do have a will of your own and so you can disobey God if you choose but what Jesus told us is that if you disobey him by default you have chosen the wide door amen but if you want to go to salvation if you want to go to life amen you come through the narrow door now once you go through the door you come onto a way and the way is the path to your eternal destination let the church say amen now what is good about Jesus's words here is that he gives us the end of both of these paths right in the Bible amen come on back with me to Matthew 7 and 13 and 14 he gives us the end enter ye in at the straight gate wide is the gate broad is the way that leads to what to destroy 
action. Come on, somebody. He tells us where it ends up. Amen. But look at verse 14. Straight is the gate, narrows the way that leads unto life. Come on and say amen. You got to understand something here. Once you come through the door, you're on a way. But, but just because you're on a way doesn't mean you're going to stay on that way all the time, all the way through. The Bible says the way leads to destruction of life. Come on and say amen. Some folk, they just happy to come into church, elder. They happy to be here. Amen. They're happy that they came in, repented from their sins and, and now the Lord's changing their life and they just happy, happy, joy, joy. And listen, I, I think you should be happy because life with Jesus Christ, key Lord, is better than anything in the world. But let me tell you something. Just because you came in the door and you started on the way doesn't mean, amen, that you've reached your your destination you still need to go on amen in the proper way come on and say amen for those again that reject Jesus's command and they go through the wide door they end up on the broad way and I know that's what some of us want to get to we want to be in the big lights in New York we ain't talking about New York's Broadway we talking about this spiritual broad way and this is interesting because Jesus said in verse 13 there's a lot of people a lot of people a lot of people on the broad way and for generations people have used the claim that if the majority is doing it then it must be right even our own system of government is built upon the premise that the majority rules amen but I'm here to let you know that Jesus said in the spiritual realm when choosing what door to get through and thereby what road to take you need to be careful if there's a whole lot of people around you come on and say man this is why everybody needs a bible everybody needs to read their bible and everybody needs to come to Sunday school and bible study study the word of God so you can have a proper understanding of the bible because if you're not careful you get linked and hooked up with somebody amen that so called is reading the bible but isn't telling you the proper interpretation of the scripture come on we got a lot of churches all around here even on this corner why we got so many churches because people don't want to submit to the bible and what it says and means they want to take a little something here out of the bible a little something there out of the bible and they make it say what they wanted to say praise the Lord so they can build their own doctrine and have people around them amen but you got to be careful if there's a whole lot of folk around you because Jesus said that there's a lot of people on the broad way come on and say amen amen a lot of folk talk to us now about salvation how a person can be saved now we just showed you in the bible what the scripture says amen but there's some folk that say well all you gotta do is say you're sorry for what you've done and ask the lord to come into your heart and be your savior and then you're saved amen here's an example of people taking a little piece of the bible not understanding what it means amen 
amen and building a whole doctrine and it sounds good why because there's not a whole lot of change you gotta make if you could just say Lord I'm sorry please come into my heart and now you're saved you ain't no change that you really have to make there's nothing really required of you there amen there's no experience there that is a purely cognitive and intellectual experience and even evangelicals now are beginning to acknowledge that they're beginning to say that this experience this intellectual experience is not enough there needs to be something more if they're saying it why are apostolic Pentecostals backing up off of the truth of God's word amen and just trying to fill up their churches so they can bring in more money and have more popularity and notoriety amen it don't matter if you got a whole lot of people amen Jesus said in verse 14 few there be that find this way amen when you're on this road it ain't never gonna be a whole lot of folk around you amen we're a decent sized congregation according to American worship standards most churches have around 50 people amen we almost double that here for those of y'all that are faithful praise the Lord but I'm here to tell you this even pales in comparison with some of these big mega churches you got 20,000 30,000 40,000 people if I was in those environments I start looking around and saying hmm Jesus said it's supposed to be a lot of folk on this broad road and I know I might need to check this place out and make sure they're teaching the purity of God's word come on and say amen amen you can't just lift your hand Amen. And say, I'm saved now. And the Bible tells us you must be born again. People will tell you, well, everybody sins. So don't put too much pressure on yourself to live a certain way. God is going to forgive you. And now that sounds good, doesn't it? Because you don't have to change too much. You don't have to stop your smoking. You don't have to stop your drinking. You don't have to stop your fornicating. You can keep on being a homosexual and a lesbian. Amen. And everything things you're supposed to be all right but the bible says in romans 6 and 1 shall we continue in sin that grace may abound and verse 2 said god forbid how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein how are you going to stand up in truth saying you're a follower of Jesus Christ saying you're a Christian and you sitting here sinning come on come on that don't add up and the Bible said that Jesus was separate from sinners in other words he didn't have fellowship with sin praise God if he dealt with a person in sin it was to deliver them from sin that that's why Jesus came. The Bible said that he shall save his people from their sin. Nudge your neighbor say, neighbor, stay with them. Amen. Stay with me, y'all. Stay with me. Amen. I'm trying to break it down here. Amen. Don't buy into these newfangled ideas that make everything in Christianity so easy. Amen. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring no peace. I came to bring a sword. There's going to be some division, some power of ways when it comes to what people want to do and what I want to be done when people hear my doctrine they're not going to go over well with everybody that's why he said few there be that find it touch your name and say there's only going to be a few
Mm, yes, Lord. People say, listen, you don't have to go to church. Amen. To be spiritual, you can stay home. Amen. And do your own thing. You can turn on your television, turn on the internet, open your own Bible. Amen. And you can have a one-on-one connection with your personal Savior. Well, that sounds good because guess what? You don't have to get up. You can lay around all day and be lazy. Don't have to get up and do your hair. Amen. Some of y'all come out the house looking like buckwheat. Praise God. Get up off your lazy shelf. Get your hair done and come to church on time. Amen. Present your body as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. I'm coming to church looking any old kind of way, looking grimy. Amen. You wouldn't do that if there was a man standing up here with some notoriety. You wouldn't come out here amen, with your hair flying all over the place like you just stuck your finger in a socket. You wouldn't come up here with some grungy clothes on. Come on, come on, come on, y'all. You wouldn't do that if there was a president or a mayor. Some of y'all so politically minded. You want to hobnob with this politician and that that person in in, in government. And you'll get all dialed up to go down to Harford or to get into Boston, praise God. But you come to church looking any old kind of way and that's not the way it should be. And you ought to come in respecting the blessed and only potentate the king of kings and lord of lords come on let the church say amen and you ought to do it the way the Bible said do it. Alright, I might as well just let the Holy Ghost preach me here. Amen. Because listen, the Bible tells me that it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Come on. And so a man praise God when he comes in has to present himself before God in the way that God requires. Now why do I bring that up? Because what people are saying nowadays, which sounds good, is that when a woman has long hair that ends up being her covering and but the Bible doesn't say this the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11 that if a man prays with his head uncovered it is a shame unto him praise God say a man prays with his head covered amen it's a shame to that man a woman needs to have a covering on her hair come on and say amen amen why because this even happens in the heavenlies with the angels. You read in Isaiah 6 about those seraphims with two wings they cover their face and we're in the presence of God. The angels pay homage to their head who is God by covering their face. And so when we come into worship as daughters of Zion praying and prophesying because you can do both and still be in the will of God. You can pray and you can prophesy let the church say amen the bible says when you do it you gotta have your head covered come on so you can't come waltzing in any old kind of way for worship you got to do it right it's tight but it's right if it's in the bible it's right come on and say amen folk now even in apostolic organizations so called have folk up in the front all out of order looking crazy looking just like the world come on talking and moving and looking just 
just like they came off the street supposed to be followers of God there's supposed to be a difference amen when you're on this narrow way ain't a lot of room for you to exercise your own mind Jesus made it real simple look at my word and I'll tell you everything you need to do to make it in the glory I don't want you to take nothing away from what I say and I don't want you to add nothing to what I say just do it the way I say do it and you'll be all right in the end come on and say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these folk nowadays say you don't have to do all of that amen but the Bible tells me differently there's so many people on these broad roads and the danger is that if you don't change your path you end up in eternal separation from God in hell come on now you only got one or two places heaven or hell and the Bible says in Proverbs 27 and 20 hell and destruction are never full Isaiah 5 14 says therefore hell hath enlarged herself if you read Revelation 21 and 8 you'll find a whole list of folk that are on their way to hell the fearful and the unbelieving whoremongers and fornicators homosexuals all these folk that practice sin practice a lifestyle live in a lifestyle that is contrary to God's word all them folk are going to hell and you can say well is God really going to do all that yes he is he proved it to you in Noah's day all kind of folk are on the ark I should say in the world but there were only eight people on that ark out of however many people were in the world at that time everybody else drowned and they died why because Noah was saying come in the ark it's going to rain and folk didn't want to hear it you know the folk are so funny nowadays I can imagine them folk back then getting sticks together to build a raft when it started raining but a raft wasn't going to save you and and trying to build your own boat God didn't speak to you and say build your own boat and he spoke to Noah told Noah to build a boat and told you to get in it there's only one way to God Jesus ain't telling you to go and start your own doctrine or follow your own teaching he said I am the way if you come in through me you'll be saved you don't have to try to dream up something different just come through me let the church say amen and this is good news this good news about this narrow way even though some of y'all don't like it it's good news about this narrow way because when you come through the narrow gate you've made changes to conform to what Jesus requires and what he wants you to be how many of y'all in here want to be more like Jesus come on come on come on how many of y'all want to be less like you come on somebody see if we're honest with ourselves we know that what Paul said in Romans 7 and 18 is true in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing by the time you get finished fooling around with this flesh pet 
petting it and pampering it trying to make it look good for some man that ain't your husband or some woman that ain't your wife hey man you're gonna fall into destruction by the time you get finished looking at everything and all kind of pornography hey man you're gonna fall into destruction by the time you get finished smoking hey man engaging all that sin you're gonna fall into destruction come on and say amen but Jesus said I got a narrow way that you can travel because I want you to be more like me somebody lift your hands and say more of Jesus and less of me that's what John the Baptist said he said Jesus must increase but I must decrease tell your neighbor say neighbor I got to take myself down yes sir yes sir I got to take myself down come on you tight lipped folk open that mouth tell your neighbor I got to take myself down because the more I'm in the way the more I can jeopardize my opportunity to make it into glory Jesus ain't coming back for a bunch of folk that wanted to do their own thing. He ain't coming back for a bunch of nonconformists. He ain't coming back for a bunch of, bunch of Ralph Emersons and Henry David Thoreau's. If y'all don't know who they are, go investigate them. You'll understand my point. He's coming back for those that are looking for him. And the reason you're looking for him is because you love him. And when you love him, you serve him with all your heart, mind, soul and strength you're willing to tell yourself I got to be more like Jesus come on somebody if that means I gotta pray all the more then I'm willing to pray if that's gonna make me more like Jesus if I gotta put my plate down and fast that's what I'm willing to do because I gotta be more like Jesus and that means I gotta go back and apologize to somebody that I've done wrong that's what I got to do because I gotta be more like Jesus if that means that I gotta forgive somebody that did me wrong even though it hurts deeply Jesus said forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors tell your neighbor you gotta let that person loose come on you gotta forgive because Jesus said if you don't forgive your neighbor their trespasses I won't forgive you and I don't know anybody that doesn't need God's forgiveness come on and say amen amen we gotta do it God's way come on somebody let me read you something from Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 through verse 27 the Bible said keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life put away from thee a forward mouth a perverse mouth and perverse lips put far from thee let thine eyes look right on on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established turn not to the right hand nor to the left remove thy foot from evil tell your neighbor there's not a lot of wiggle room on the narrow way and come on somebody Isaiah put it well when he said and a highway shall be there and a way and it shall be called the way of 
holiness. Touch your name and say the way of holiness. Yes, sir. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, shall not error therein. This way is not as complicated as some of us want to make it. The only reason we think it's complicated is because we got too much of us involved. We want to do what we want to do and call ourselves disciples of Christ but you gotta forsake your own way and come the way of holiness the narrow way saints and friends is a way of sanctification unto the Lord come on come on I'm gonna say it again the narrow way is a way of sanctification unto the Lord come on somebody it's a way where you are separated from yourself and separated unto God and you don't leave any room for the world's will the world's words and the world's way come on you gotta shun the words the will and the way of the world amen John said love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world all that's on that broad way is the lust of the flesh the lust of the eye and the pride of life these things are not like the father but are like the world and the world is going to pass away tell your neighbor the world is going to pass away and the lust thereof but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever and there's got to be a distinct internal and external difference between us and the world come on come on I know I'm not jumping up too high right now and I'm just trying to speak this word in an understandable fashion on the narrow way it's a way of sanctification what that means is that there are things though we got through the door there might still be things that we need to get rid of we can skinny up a little bit and make sure we walk the narrow way and and there might be things you got to get rid of. You might have to get rid of that old stubbornness that your family passed down to you and everybody said it's such a great quality. And you might have to get rid of that rebellion, acting like nobody can tell you nothing and you just going to do what you want to do. The Bible said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is like iniquity and idolatry. Let the church see man you got to get rid of that stubbornness I'm back to it again somebody tell you to do something go ahead and do it don't give them a lot of lip amen we're here in the church for the fellowshipping members you're working with different departments if your department head tell you to do something don't you rise up and say well I don't think we should do it that way I think we should do it this way now it's one thing to make a suggestion it's another thing to rise up in a stank nasty attitude and act like you're going 
take things over. That's the kind of nonsense that's going to send you to hell. Jumping, singing, shouting all you want. But you're going to meet that fire and that lake after a while. Because the Bible said that we ought to humble ourselves one to another and be clothed with humility. That's the Bible. And the Bible said before honor is what? Humility. Come on. So you're not going to rise up and just think you're going to do whatever you want to do. You got to get rid of that stubbornness and rebellion. You got to get rid of having a whole lot of mouth if you're a wife to your husband. Amen. Sometimes it's better for you to shut that mouth and not say nothing. Let that man make a decision like he needs to make a decision. The Bible said you are the helper worthy of him. That's what help me means. You're the helper for him. God made you to be a suitable helper for him. Offer him wise counsel. Y'all need to go back and read Colossians 4 and 6. Because some of y'all got too much mouth. You got too much mouth in your house and then you come here shouting and your husband comes here looking like he's drained and like he's been beat down because your lip been bumping gums too much. Come on now. The Bible lets me know that the wife should hold up her husband. And if the man is doing it right, he'll do like Christ does. He'll love the church even to the sacrificing of his own body. But it's hard for a man to love a fresh woman. It's getting quiet in this church today, but I'm going to preach it. Anyhow, it's hard for a man to love a fresh woman. Come on, it's hard for him to bear up with a fresh woman, especially if he wants to be right with God. Because he knows he can't ball up his fist and hit her like he would hit a loudmouth man. He knows he can't strike her. He knows he can't do nothing like that. And so if the man is a bit limited in his vocabulary, if if you are, go read some books so you got something to say back. Amen. The man feels like he got no recourse. Come on, he got too many Jezebel in the church now huh? trying to overrun their husband the Lord said they would be that way by the curse huh? amen but that's why every man ought to stand up and command his household like Abraham huh? and you ought to demand and command huh? that everything in your house is right huh? if you start doing it when they're little I believe they'll keep it all the way up through the time that they're grown huh? that's what the Bible says in Proverbs 22 and 6 is it still in there amen it's still in there huh? come on somebody the Bible said train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he won't depart from it. It's sad when the father's saying come and pray and the mother's still laying in the bed like she don't want to get up off a lazy shelf. It's sad when the father's saying amen to the girls you don't need to be wearing no pants and the mother's slipping them pants in their book bag on the way to school. Come on I've seen it before and I ain't too inclined to think that folk are different because sin is still in the world and Jesus ain't come yet. So if we're still here that means it still need to be preached I believe mother and father ought to work together if you want your family to be saved and the husband ought not walk around like he's the king the bible didn't say you were a king the bible said you're a priest there's a difference come on priests serve come on kings rule but priests serve and so what you learn to be is a tender warrior when you're a priest in your home you learn how to listen to your wife's counsel and not act like she's a dummy 
Come on, somebody. Your wife is not a dummy. She's not stupid. And the only stupid thing she might do is disobey the word of God. But if you got a woman of God that will get up and pray on her own. And I thank God for my wife. I don't talk too much about her. But I want to say something today. I thank God for unique. Praise God. She don't cause me a lot of grief and a lot of headache. And the only thing she want me to do is stay home and help her with these kids. And sometimes my responsibilities carry me away. But I try to make sure I get back to her. And because she don't run off all over the place leaving me at home. And I usually have to do most of the traveling and such. But she stays home and she raises those children. And that's all a preacher's wife has to do. She ain't got to play no piano. She don't have to get up and sing. All she got to do is be a good mother to my children and be a good support to me. And she doing her job. Come on and say man. Even if you don't agree with me. I thank God she don't give me a lot of back talk. And if we have a disagreement, she knows when to say her piece. And let me have the last word because I'm the man in the house. That's why I can get up here and preach the way I preach and not put on airs and be a hypocrite. Because some of y'all would love to have a hypocrite and preacher so you could sit up there and sin all you want. But you ain't going to get that in this church. Not as long as Bishop is here and the rest of us do what we're supposed to do. As long as Jesus is coming, we're going to preach this Bible. It's tight, but it's right. Come on and say amen. We're going to make sure we take care of our wives. Come on, brothers. I need every husband in here to stand up. And amen. Make a declaration. Every husband. I don't care if your wife is in the church or not. Every husband. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Every husband, get up. And make a declaration if you're meaning and Say, I will take care of my wife. The Bible said, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Ain't that what the Bible said? I believe is still in there and he is the savior of the body all right y'all hot folk can sit down now because some of y'all mad with me but that's all right anyhow and on this narrow road we understand to listen to the man of God and to his counsel amen when the Bible gives the man of God the license the authority to preach the word it's time for us to embrace it and take it in not sit there and second guess it and say well he's only a man some of y'all you're 50 years old but you're just like children and I'm younger than you but sometimes God give me more grace and wisdom based on the way I see you acting and the way you're living amen there ain't no way under God's heaven I'm gonna be foolish enough to go against a man of God and what he said then y'all hear David say how you gonna lift your hand against God's anointed some of y'all are so into yourselves and into your flesh you would even talk about the man of God behind his back well what you don't understand what you have failed to remember is Proverbs 15 and 3 the eyes of the Lord are in every place he's in your bedroom he's in your kitchen he's on your internet he's in your cell phone he's in your text messenger he's on your job he's everywhere behold the evil and the good. I'm preaching hard now. Come on and say amen. 
and he's seeing everything and he's writing and every idle word the Bible said God gonna call you in the question mm, Jesus all right I'm warmed up now we might be here for a while y'all might as well get comfortable come on and say amen the Bible tell me that God is gonna reckon with you after a while he's gonna call every secret thing into judging whether it be good or evil come on now you can sit there have a barbecue at your own home and your pastor's the main course you can't sit there and roast the saints I don't like this one I don't like the way that one does that and then the Bible said you're an abomination cause you're sowing discord amongst the brethren and if your cause are little children a little child to fall the Bible said a better a millstone is hanged around your neck and you drown in the sea to offend one of these little ones better for you to keep your mouth shut and submit yourself therefore unto God resist the devil it ain't nothing but the devil trying to get you to buck up against God's word ain't nothing but the enemy trying to make you full of your own way you're sitting up in the church and you're backslider go read Proverbs 14 and 14 the backslider in heart oh my God I feel it Holy Ghost full of his own way and a good man is satisfied from himself yes sir look at me straight I'm going to hammer you today because you only got one shot to get in and God said my word is like a fire my word is like a hammer the Lord is soon to come no more lollipops no more sweet tea if you want that go to Chick-fil-A tomorrow because they close today but when you get on the Lord's side you're going to get some meat ain't no more milk come on y'all supposed to be full age now amen it's time for some meat be ye holy for I am holy come on and say amen I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is a reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be transformed touch your neighbor and say neighbor gotta be transformed by the renewing of your mind the only way you get renewed in your mind is you gotta get in the word of God Pyron turn these monitors down some for me turn it down a little bit I'll be alright now and you gotta get the word in you because the Bible said thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee forever oh Lord that word is settled in heaven that's why I thank God that the Lord called me to preach and he told me to stick with the word he told me to cry out against sin right in the house he said if you see it in there don't keep your mouth shut about it but open your mouth cry cry 
a lie and spare not lift up your voice like a trumpet in Zion show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sin come on you sleepy saints go to bed at night so you can come to church and stay up with me when I'm preaching come on now it's time for us to get ready it's time for us to prepare ourselves Jesus is coming soon and in our that you think not the son of man he's coming touch your neighbor and say he's coming he's coming you gotta be ready I said you gotta be ready and the more you acquiesce the more you yield the more you conform the greater you begin to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ the Bible said that we ought to get rid of every sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith come on saints of God tell your neighbor I got to get rid of my sin anything that's not like God I gotta get rid of my lying tongue Bible tell me lie not one to another seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds come on and say man the Bible tell me if you bite and devour one another be careful that you be not consumed one of another gotta get rid of your gossiping mouth you gotta stop cursing you gotta stop swearing because the Bible said that's why I think of it as Bible because everything I say is in there how can a brook how can a spring bring forth sweet and bitter water you can't speak in tongues and curse too come on now you better check what you got if you go around slipping all the time some of y'all ain't got no control over your spirit every time you hit your thumb with a hammer it's expletive this and expletive that and you say you got the Holy Ghost you ain't got what you think you got you need to come on back to this altar and cry unto God saying this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of his trouble you ought to say Lord I need deliverance for this mouth for this tongue it's going to send me to hell I need deliverance wash me wash me wash me all the way down in my soul take out a bad attitude take out a bad disposition take out unaccountability take out stubbornness take out 
out rebellion. Take out lust. Take out pride. Take out witchcraft. Lord. Oh Lord. Take it out of me. While I got a chance to get rid of it. Tell your neighbor it's tight. But it's right. When you come over here on the Lord's side, you got to make some changes. You ain't going to be over here acting like the world. Not going to happen on the narrow way. Isaiah said this is a way of holiness. And God said, be ye holy. That means if you ain't saved, you ain't got no business linking up with somebody else in the church. Talking about you want to get married and you ain't got no Holy Ghost. Not on the narrow way. You can go to the Broadway preacher and he'll hook you up. And in a year from now, you'll be divorced. And then you'll be even further in the ditch because God said, Jesus said, what God had joined together, let no man put asunder. I know a lot of these Pentecostal folk now believe you can, amen, divorce, get rid of one and get another one. Not on the narrow way. That's why you got to make sure you get good counsel and you make sure, praise God, that you, amen, speak with those that are wise amen so you don't have to take your spiritual life and bury it in the backyard somewhere because you got a knucklehead spouse this is the narrow way not a lot of wiggle room but how many know when you get on this way you can get rid of some stuff that had you bound for a long time I know some of y'all ain't going to get with me today, but that's all right. I'll be back next time. Huh? I don't know about you, but I'm glad when I came on this way, I was able to get rid of some stuff that had me bound. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, Deacon Thomas, where Deacon Thomas? They said, I'm not sorry. I answered the master's call. Jesus took my heavy load. You remember that song? Now I'm on the glory road and I'm not sorry at all. Some of y'all in the church looking sad, sick, and sorry all at the same time. Amen. Because it's tight. Over here, you can't get your pants on your backside. You can't wear all that skin tight stuff. You gotta let all that stuff go. Understand, I'm just preaching Bible to you. I'm just letting you know what God requires. You gotta make the choice to stay on the road. And I'm glad that when I was on the broad road and when I was traveling I came to the realization by the word of God this is a bad place to be and as I walked on that road I looked over and I saw something that I'd never seen before 
it was a bridge not only is Jesus the door but he's also a bridge and when I took the bridge I got off of the Broadway got onto the narrow way and ever since that wonderful day my soul have been satisfied I'm so glad Jesus lifted me I said I'm so glad Jesus lifted me I don't know about you or you but I'm willing to say glory hallelujah Jesus lifted me Satan had me bound but Jesus oh Lord Jesus lifted me now I'm heaven bound I got anybody in this church that's on their way to heaven now I'm heaven bound cause Jesus lifted me can you lift your hands and say glory hallelujah the only way I know you can make it in you got to live right can't live like a devil can't call yourself a Christian jumping from club to club can't call yourself a Christian sleeping with somebody that ain't your husband or wife can't call yourself a Christian pulling a slot machine in a gambling station can't call yourself a Christian lying on your income tax can't call yourself a Christian engaging in sin but the only way I know you're gonna make it in you gotta live right so you can die right be pleasing in his sight for that's the only way I know you're gonna make it in if you wanna make it lift your hand and shout yeah if you wanna make it lift your hand and shout yeah say I wanna make it tell your neighbor I got to make it mother I got to make it whatever I gotta do I got to make it if it costs my life I got to make it if it costs everything I'm prepared I'm willing Lord just hold me Lord just lead me Lord just guide me Lord protect me be a fence all around me every day oh Lord oh Lord oh Lord I got to make a hat if I got a crawl I got to make a hat if I got a scratch I got to make a hat but I don't know about you I want to see Jesus I got to see Jesus and whatever I gotta do sister Stinny I want to see him tell your neighbor say neighbor you gotta get rid of your besetting sin Tell your other neighbor, say, neighbor, you got to get rid of that spirit of heaviness and get you a garment of praise. See, on that Broadway, we had a spirit of heaviness. 
Looking just like some of y'all look now. Slumped over. Because you mad with the word. What you thought was going to let you get away with nonsense? That ain't the reason why he left me back here. He didn't leave me back here and people get away with nonsense. Let me back here to keep the thing straight till he gets back. praise God. Why? I thank God for the word. Because a word will get rid of everything. It'll peel you on the way back. Show you yourself and who you really are. So you can get right with God. Wouldn't it be a shame sitting up in a church like this and when the rapture happens you still on earth. That would be a crying shame. To have all of this knowledge and understanding of the word presented to you on a silver platter. There are plenty of saints that don't get what we receive. Some folk in whole organizations are looking at this one, looking at that one, trying to figure out how do we get to this scripture? How do we understand this scripture? How do we explain this scripture to the saints? Amen. We don't have that problem here. The Lord has blessed us beyond measure. And some of us sitting up here just as mad as a junkyard dog. All that makes me want to do is come at that noggin even the harder. Because before you die, you're going to have to make a choice. And whether you're going to sit up here and die and go to hell, you're going to change. You're going to make a decision before before it's all over. My admonition to you is to change your ways. Get right with God and do it now. Don't wait. I told y'all some time ago, the devil is waiting for some of y'all to leave out of these doors so he can devour you. All you need to do is go back and read Revelation chapter 12. You need to go back and read that because the dragon was in the delivery room with the expectant mother waiting for that baby to be born so he could devour it. And if it wasn't for the miraculous and mighty hand of God that swept the child away and hid the mother into safety, that dragon would have got just what he wanted. And some of y'all stubborn and hard-headed folk, you're going to leave out of here and you might not make it back. You better change now while you got the chance. Bible says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. He's not always going to be able to be found.